Punker Pac-Man and the Mindless Generation. I doodle on my PG folder at Foster A. Big Middle School, inspired by my current obsessions, uninspired by Mr. Genario's math class. I create an alter ego, a hard-edged video game character with the name Punker Pac-Man. An amalgamation of the music my sisters listen to and a video game I play at the Guild Drug. By early 1982, America is awash in a moral panic over Pac-Man. They say the kids are slack-jawed, mesmerized, hypnotized by video games. Articles in America's newspaper, the New York Times, the battle for America's youth. Suddenly, they are everywhere. In our mall, the shopping centers, pizza places, movie theaters. We hear unacceptable language, and we see antisocial behavior in these arcades. Only bad kids go to them. I don't feel like a bad kid, but I sure do love video games, and I want to play them any chance I get. Another letter to the New York Times declares video game playing kids my age as... A generation of mindless, ill-tempered adolescents. The entire generation? Ill-tempered? Mindless? The Guild Drug is about a mile away, within walking distance from our house. The trek takes my brother to the heart of the Redondo Villa Tract, the soil section of Manhattan Beach. It sits in a shopping center in the far south edge of MB. There's also a McDonald's, Burger World, a beauty shop, and a photo mat, a Coast Federal Savings, a Safeway, and a hidden second-door office complex. I won't notice that office until sometime near the 21st century. Many of these stores have video games in their foyer, 80s e-nirvana in strip mall form. There are no video game arcades in Manhattan Beach. They are outlawed, relegated to the far reaches of neighbors like Redondo, Hermosa, and Torrance. This is challenged in December 1981 at a city council meeting. Sega, a video game company based in Redondo, they want to open an arcade next to the new Man 6 movie theaters in Manhattan Village. Sega calls it a family entertainment center, but the city council sees right through that ruse. They are eagle-eyed protectors of Manhattan Beach youth. City Planning Commissioner David Watchvogel says, Family entertainment? That's rubbish. No more family entertainment than a garbage collector is a sanitation engineer. He claims that kids get too engrossed in the machines. There is grave, serious concern that we will all be hypnotized by video games. The Guild Drug has a little bit of everything. Owned by the Guild family, longtime residents of Manhattan Beach. It's my family's go-to store. Cap guns? Check. Zori flip-flops? Check. Antifreeze? Check. Kip antibiotic ointment? Check. Greeting cards? Check. Potholders? Check. Replacement crystal bulbs? 
check. Easter baskets, check. A screwdriver, check. Two cent candy, check. A set of those scented markers, check. We go there at least five times a week, maybe more. We are consumers of all that the guild has to offer. The city council's concern? Drugs and swearing will follow the Sega Arcade into Manhattan Beach, where there has never been any drugs or swearing. Pristine Manhattan Beach. It will burst the bubble. It will infect the kids. Councilman Bob Holmes dissents. I spent a lot of time at the beach, where there is a surprising amount of both drugs and swearing. But irony cannot break the status quo. The arcade is not approved. We will not be lured into a life of crime after watching Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Nightmare on Elm Street next door at the Man 6. The youth of Manhattan Beach are saved. City Councilman Russ Lesser, though, adds a caveat. A small saving grace that sparks our treks to the Guild Drug. Two or three electronic games in a liquor store or market? That's acceptable. So instead of a single location, video games are spread all across the city. Kids line up to play them. Quarters stacked on the marquee to show who is up next. For us, on a South Bay summer day, the games are within walking distance. Up the hill of First Street, across Peck Avenue, through Penny Camp School, down through a swamp locally named Pollywog, but not the official one, up the dirt hill to the Maricosta track, west across the pole vault pits, north through the abandoned volleyball courts, over the baseball field, down the stairs to Meadows Avenue, through the church grounds, up the alley past McDonald's, over by Manhattan Liquors, and into the Guild Drug. I was worried once when the Guild Drug caught fire in June of 1974. Where would my mom get her flip-flops? But it bounced back quickly. Soon, we are back there many times a week. The next year, my mom bought me my first real Halloween costume there. A fire-retardant vinyl devil costume with a plastic pitchfork. It came in a cardboard box with a cellophane window. I wore it in the Penny Camp Kindergarten Halloween Parade. By 1982, it also has Pac-Man. It's there in the front on the east wall, a coin-operated arcade game. A Wizard of War game sits next to it. The games wait together for someone to come play. Silicon circuit boards and wires breathe to life as you insert a coin, begging kids to take a chance. I'm enthralled by Pac-Man in the sixth grade in 1982, just like Asteroids before it and just like Galaga after it. For the first time in my life, I know who I want to be. I want to be a video game programmer when I grow up. I want to go to college. I want to learn computer programming. I fill graph paper my dad takes from Hughes Aircraft with designs of little pixelated characters. I want to work for Atari, the king of video games in Silicon Valley. It's pretty much all I think about. I wait for my turn at Pac-Man. The guy playing before me has reached the first blue key. In my best game, I've only ever reached the apple. I get my chance. My quarter goes into the slot. The little theme song plays, and I'm off. I hold the joystick with my right hand. My left arm falls to my side. I fall into my game stance. Everyone has one. Knees bent a bit, neck straight, eyes lasered onto the game screen. The Moral Crusaders think we are hypnotized while playing, but it's a flow state they're seeing. The ability to shut everything else out and concentrate. The same skill I will one day use to write computer software. Some adults hate video games the same way some adults once hated pinball, comic books, TV, 
jukeboxes, punk rock, and D&D, all things once suggested as ominous gateways, away from morals, into a life of crime, vice, and violent behavior. My grandparents' generation was enthralled by the movies. Some adults hated them too. They said they were corrupting the youth into a life of crime. I am convinced that not a little of the petty theft pilfering, which has become so alarming among young children, is the outgrowth of this fondness for the movies. The children become infatuated with drama, and under this strong influence, think is but a small thing to steal ten cents and stay away from school to go. Judge Coquette, Montreal, Canada, Moving Pictures Forbidden to Children, The Daily Telegraph, October 22, 1913. But they didn't invent the movies, just like we didn't invent video games. The generations before us did. Generations passing down to the next. I maneuver Pac-Man through the maze, eating as many dots as possible. Chased by my ghosts, I consume a power pill. Inky, Blinky, and Clyde change their colors. I can now consume them. I clear the level without dying. I feel transcendent. I think about all the games I want to make, all the things I want to do. I'm only 12 years old, but I'm filled with optimism, drive, hope, a dream, a goal, a reason why. I think I can see my future. Pac-Man is a game of consumption. Eat the dots, the ghosts, the fruit, and power-ups. Success at the game is both alluring and satisfying. In seventh grade, Evan Pershing, my brother, and I designed Punker Pac-Man cartoons instead of doing English assignments. We think we are hilarious. We imagine Punker Pac-Man wants to consume other things like chicken or hot dogs. Our hypnotized, mesmerized, slack-jawed moral corruption is complete. We embrace our fate to be the mindless generation. After playing Pac-Man at the Guild Drug, we go next door to Manhattan Liquors. I watch some heavy metal guys play the Tempest Machine, attempting to spell Iron Maiden on the high score table. The guy playing Tempest stuffs chewing tobacco in his lip between every death. He says to no one in particular, but also to us, Don't mess up my high score, or I'll kick your ass. Another guy walks behind us with a Jack Daniels in a paper bag. He's swigging before he reaches the door. I stand next to the cigar case. The sweet smell of tobacco and wet grass fills the air. The long racks of cigarettes further behind. I wonder, what is it like to smoke? My sister smokes larks. I buy a pack of baseball cards. Then we slip over to the Safeway to play games of Asteroids and Star Castle. From PTA to PTA all across America, in just a year's time, the moral panic over video games spreads. The Surgeon General himself, C. Everett Koop, calls video games an obvious problem. By the end of 1982, hundreds of laws are passed to limit access to video games across America. The Crusaders win the battle. By 1983, the entire USA video game industry struggles. By 1984, local companies like Mattel Electronics shut down. Dozens of South Bay families are affected. Atari falls apart that year too, imploding in the great video game crash. And so goes my dream of ever working for them making video games. My future becomes cloudy. It will be more than 20 years before I find my way. 
The Guild Drug is not there anymore, replaced in the 80s by Thrifty Junior, then Hillside Pharmacy. I applied for a job at Thrifty Junior in high school, but they tell me they don't hire kids east of Sepulveda, the bad kids, too slack-jawed and hypnotized by Pac-Man to do the job right. Thrifty stops selling flip-flops. My mom is at a loss about where to find them. In time, I forget about Punker Pac-Man. He gets filed away in a box for 40 years, in a box my mom marked with a sharpie. It says, Steve's Schoolwork. After a game of asteroids, we buy Shasta Cola and chocolate pies, our pre-teen Safeway staple, and then we start on the suburban path home, from the Guild Strip Mall to our house on First Street. Pockets empty of quarters, I look at every house in the block I pass. I know each better than anything I'll ever know again in my life. The canopy of eucalyptus trees, the acorns under my feet, front yard gardens, ice plant waves, ivy waterfalls, yards with no sidewalks. In just a few years, this will end. People will move out. Houses will come down. Minimal traditionals and ranches eaten by McMansions. McMansions devoured by new colonials. And even though I hang out in liquor and drugstores next to cigars and cigarettes, slack-jawed, mesmerized, and hypnotized by Pac-Man, hanging with foul-mouthed kids who love Iron Maiden, video games stay my only vice. And when they lose their allure, I dive into computers. Coding becomes my drug of choice. I teach myself everything I will ever need to know. A few years ago, I found Punker Pac-Man and the cartoons we made in 7th grade. It reminded me of the kids we were in the 80s. Mesmerized, hypnotized, ill-tempered, bad kids. The mindless generation? Pushed to violence by playing Pac-Man? Research now supports the opposite. Quote, in short, current medical research and scholarship have not found any causal link between playing video games and gun violence in real life. A causal relationship has been carefully crafted as part of a larger scapegoat narrative by vested interests for decades. Fortune Magazine, May 3rd, 2023. For me instead, it was always enthralled and inspired to learn to program computers, to build the internet and maybe change the world. And yet many people think the next generation is at risk too, because of heyday, TikTok, and equal rights. They talk of banning all sorts of things they don't understand, worried that the new kids will turn into their own mindless generation. But the kids didn't invent those things. The generations before them did. Generations passing down to the next and I'm not worried at all. The Safeway is now gone. A tanning bed sits where I played Asteroids. A coffee shop is where I played Star Castle. Manhattan Liquors is now a wine store. There is no Defender or Tempest. There is no good reason for any kid to be inside that store. The Thrifty Junior is now a Goodwill. I go there with my own kids. Kids who are smarter and more aware than I will ever hope to be. They look for old clothes to remake the next generation, making their new out of our old. I wander through the racks. I get lost in my recollections. I imagine the video games that were once in the foyer, the promise they once held for my future. I imagined myself putting in a quarter, starting a game, moving the joystick, controlling Pac-Man, eating a power pill, chasing the ghosts. Ghosts of our walks through the streets of Manhattan Beach. Ghosts of the Guild Drug. Ghosts of Halloween costumes. Ghosts of two-cent candy, ghosts of my mom's flip-flops, ghosts of Punker Pac-Man and the mindless generation. I consume them.
Stop.